Hello and welcome to Mark Langley's Horsemanship Podcast. I'm Jenny Barnes. And I'm Mark Langley. This is a, a podcast where Mark answers members' questions about uh, general horsemanship and horse-related questions. The first one, Mark, today is from Megan. She's um, had some people talk to her recently about practicing and using the one rain stop. She asked, can you remind her where this sits in your philosophy? Um, the one rain started, uh, sorry, stop, has uh, been, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's been taught everywhere and, you know, there's different variations of it from, uh, or from bending a horse to a stop, I suppose, to sort of, uh, you know, a horse just stopping with a bend, um, and I guess when you're first starting a young horse, you want a really effective way of redirecting it. Um, and it's been a common practice to teach a horse enough lateral flexion that you can kind of bend it to a stop just to sort of, and, and, and maybe for the first few rides on a horse, I guess that's kind of acceptable but what I would probably rather than a one rein stop is more of a one rein rebalance. So, you know, I, I tend to like a horse being able to bend, but bend and balance. So the horse is thinking, bending and bending through its whole body and balancing into the rein. So if I'm picking up a certain rein to go left, it's the horse is thinking and flowing with the rain because what's more effective than a one rain stop is more of a one rain start as the horse can think and go with that rain. So really when, you know, I've started a lot of horses that I taught one rain stop on until I started to realize that I've got to be really careful how much I bend a horse without putting it in balance. And the more we teach a run rain stop, and the more we, more we rely on it, the more we keep it there for the horses. Sometimes the more we ha um, end up with a horse that if we take a little more rein to steer the horse a little stronger uh, or to get more sort of, you know, balance in a turn, the horse just ends up going, oh, oh, crikey, I just might have to bend around and stop. And then they just end up bending around and, 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 um, and stopping their feet. So um, reins for me, uh, for opening up a horse, not closing down. So stopping, though you're helping using, the, you're using the reins to help a horse learn how to stop. To me, reins are more of a opening up going tool than a stopping tool. So, 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 you know, if I want a horse to stop, I'm going to sort of go from forwards and pick up the reins until the horse thinks backwards. And then I will sort of relax the reins and stop the horse, not just sort of hold the reins till the horse stops and let him go so I'm actually loosening the reins when I want the horse to stop opposed to pulling the reins and letting go when the horse stops and um, so yeah one rein stop is a bit dangerous because some people teach so much lateral flexion one rein stopping that the horse just gets all rubber necked and and doesn't balance properly so I tend to if I need it on a young horse just to get him a little just just to give me away but if I got a one rein stop a horse I'm going to get off it so what I would prefer to teach someone is okay pick up a little inside rein 
and maybe take it up into your torso. The horse will softly bend into that rein and maybe take some of that brace or potential, you know, bolt or whatever you're trying to fix and just maybe move the hindquarter over a little and walk on a new line and just, just do that. So the horse is always in balance with the rein and the, and, the, and flowing with the rein and, and, and the horse and the rein is something that, 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 you know, goes through the whole horse's body, or maybe you could just teach the young horse in the yards how to really follow an open rein so it can sort of um, balance and step into its turn and let go of a hard thought or something like that. So maybe like what I would tend to do now is if I wanted a horse to let go worry or a hard thought, I just, I just get it to um, think in a new direction and rebalance and practice that. So then later on the reins are still, you know, a tool that keeps the horse in balance and is, and is keeping moving the horse forward and progressing it towards um, a better, more correct foundation opposed to sort of bending it to a stop. So, yeah, I don't teach a lot of one rein stopping and I don't sort of teach a heap of lateral flexion for that reason. I want a horse to loosen up through its whole body, not just from its wither to its head. Okay, great. Um, next question is from Scylla. She's wondering about your thoughts on a rig. She's just had confirmation um, that one of her horse um, could be a rig and that could be why that he has some dangerous behavior and then nothing. But her question is, once he's had the op, how do you think she should move forward with his training if this unwanted stuff has become learned? Well, it just depends. Um, like, I'm getting... Guessing a rig is a gelding that thinks they're a stallion. Or that actually may have. Um, I'm guessing yeah. if there's an operation involved, he may actually have uh, maybe yeah, a, a yeah. testicle. So, so, so basically, I, I, all the stallions that I've started over the years, I never treated them any different to any other horse. So you don't treat a, a rig any different to any other horse. They're just a, like you just treat it like a stallion. And, and I didn't treat stallions much differently to other horses in the sense that I just you know trained what was in front of me and 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 what that horse presented um now yeah obviously rigs are going to act a certain way in the paddock with other horses and stuff because there's going to be that stallion behavior that's you know more strongly you know linked with with them than 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 another horse but as in training goes is I guess the only difference difference in a in a say a say a rig that you're going to have that, that you've got to be careful of is the effectiveness of of, of of changing his intention so you know so and say a softer you know gelding or something like that well he's not going to go oh there's mares over there oh oh there's mares over there oh wow wow i've got to get over there uh, oh there's a there's a threatening gelding over there and you know he's maybe that that gelding is not going to be as strong so to 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 change his attention um, intention or change his thoughts going to be a lot easier to distract him and say well let's ride over here but a rig might be a little stronger so basically the only thing you you know the only difference like yeah it used to annoy me because you know if i if i said if i was ever going to be born a horse i'd never be born a stallion and some you know some people are like oh yeah but you get to go out and you know but you don't you get you get locked up on your own half the time and and a lot of stallions I see, they get they get these chain holders put on them, and they get kind of beaten up just because they're a stallion. But really, most stallions I've seen are 
lovely soft horses they just get a little distracted a little more at certain times so you know if 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 you got to move along and, and he's still got riggy behavior the only thing you want to be sort of really thinking about is just getting good at distracting him and centering him right in the early stages of, of anything so you might have to get a little bigger to change his thought but you're just there as just a normal person with a normal horse um, for him and just treat him like a normal horse in all his training he'll be treating him just like a normal horse he'll learn no differently he'll be just as soft just as just as kind um, it's only when those distractions of, of, of you know hormonal distractions of other horses that sort of start to pop their heads up and if they come up you just get very good at, 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 a, at an effective distraction to get his mind off that subject so he can centre with you and you can go on about your business um, so just like any horse, you know, it doesn't matter if it's a gelding that, that gets anxious or a mare that's got really certain, really strong intentions. You've just got to say, get, get, get effective enough to distract it and get good at that so you can distract those things, interrupt them, and he's okay with that interruption and he can re-centre. And, and, and that's really the main thing you just want to be working on. Um, and Lizelle um, has got a question. She has um, been working through the challenge series. That's great, Lizelle, um, with her 10-year-old mare, Dakota. They're currently practicing on leading past the shoulder. Um, she thinks that she must have had a bad experience with lunging before because when she tries to use the flag, she actually gets quite frightened and her tension shifts to getting away instead of focus. So she has switched to practicing without the flag. This seemed to give her a lot more confidence. Um, and when she was practicing with her going backwards and leading her. But when she tried to let the lead rope out for her to go past, so this is walking past the shoulder, which is part of the challenge um, series, she turns and faces her and will walk about two or three steps and then plant her front feet. And she can see her thoughts and her eyes shift away. I've, she's tried to distract this thought by banging the free end of the lead rope against her leg but this just seems to make her want to pull away more. Have you got any ideas on what she could try to do to get her attention and also free up her feet? I'll answer it in two ways because I'm, I'm a little confused in the sense of facing up and then looking away. So if she faces up, I would just ask her to lead past again and just keep doing it until she realises that, that facing's up, not something you're asking for. But if she walks a few feet away from you and then just sort of plants and just looks off into the distance and looking away from you, well, kind of looking away is not such a bad thing. Um, when a horse walks past you, that if they're a bit frightened, say, for instance, she was frightened from the flag and you, it would have been from a bad lunging experience, what happens is the horses, you know, they start to sort of get to a certain point and they actually think away because they think that they're, they're, they're going to go somewhere to safety because uh, previously they would have been driven out in a way that they would have looked at the worry, which would have been, you know, the stick or the flag or whatever. And then they would have chosen to move away from that worry, which means when they start moving all four feet, their thoughts will go to the outside because they'll be seeking refuge. So any horses that look to the outside and seek refuge, I allow them to look to the outside and, and, and I see it as a positive. So if you can have her looking to the outside, don't get her looking to the inside, just 
see if you can encourage her to move. So even if you just bang your leg or just gently do something, cluck a little bit, just get her to move her feet. And what will happen is she might just start walking away from you to the outside where she was looking. In that instance there, I would let her go out on the rope and just let her go. I'd just let her go and walk out. And then, and then I'd just bring her back again and start again until she's done that process of walking past you, realising you didn't chase her. When she looked to the outside, just let her go out and seek refuge if she feels she needs to do that. But you can get let her go so far till she's ticked that off her little bucket list. And then you say, now that you've done that, I'll follow you for a little bit. And now I'm going to say, hey, that's the end of the rope. And now you follow me back over here and you might lead her somewhere else and then start again. And, and, and basically after a while, she'll go, oh, well, you didn't chase me out. You just followed me along and I went away. Then eventually I got to the end of the rope and then I looked back at you and you followed you back over there. And then after a while, she'll just walk out. Instead of sort of seeking refuge, she'll just kind of walk past and know that she can walk past and softly go out there. And it's it's all part of the, the learning process. Um, but planting a feed is probably saying, you know, I'm anxious and I'm freezing a little. So you, if you can unfreeze her a little and, and just allow her to look to the outside and go to the outside, that's fine. You don't have to get her a tension back and say you need to look at me or anything um so yeah either way if she faces you just softly ask by again if she looks to the outside and plants a little bit just see if you can ask for a bit of energy and and, and allow that to happen you know on baby horses when you first ask them to go out on a lead you ask them to go over there and they go okay i'll go over there where am i going and they wander off somewhere and people sometimes go oh no no don't wander off you've got to come back but allowing that horse, if you ask the horse to go somewhere and it thinks there, you don't want to interrupt that too early and say, don't do that because you asked the horse to do it. So you've got to let them go towards their thoughts. And then you can say, now you've done that, now come back. And uh, so, you know, I just allow her to do it and see where that ends up. And, and you might find if you've done it, you know, five or 10 times, she'll go, oh, oh no, I'll just walk past soft and, and then you'll find she'll walk past instead of having a strong thought to the outside, she'll just have a maybe a little soft thought to the inside and she'll just go out ahead or even just a straight line and, and she'll be more connected because she's done it. She's tipped out her attention because she's done it a few times and then she might be more uh, you know, engaged with you a bit more after that. Okay, and um, if she was to... Um, face her and then actually walk towards her two or three steps and then plant her feet but her eyes and her thoughts sort of shift away um, that would be would there be a different approach if that was what was happening oh okay yep yep no I just asked I just asked for it again so yeah, yeah she faces you but her eyes or her thoughts are shifted away a little I just I just maybe when I do the leading pass lesson I'd, I'd hang in there a little bit um, and I'd hang in there and I'd just ask her to stay with me on in the lead rope and maybe walk it walk walk off the side a little until she lets go of any of that brace that she's got so instead of leading her past too quickly i just hang in there a little bit and lead her with me just at the, at the end of my outstretched arm uh, i'd lead her quite close and i just wait till she lets go of any of those whatever thoughts she was having and she starts to flow again and she and i and just like the um um just waiting till like like horses that don't want to walk past and and don't like you down the side I'd wait there a little longer until she's feeling good about walking beside me and then when she goes oh yeah I'm okay with this you see her eyes soften you see her face soften 
you hear breathing soften, you, you feel a softer in your hand, then you just go, okay, now you can go out a little. So you just you just go in there, you do something with it till she lets go of all that, whatever she was thinking in the brace and connects again. And then you just let her gently find that straight line out again and let her go past again. And you just got to repeat it a few times. Don't try and get in too big and distract them and bring their thoughts back. Sometimes I may do that, yes. Um, but sometimes I might just go straight to just going back to leading and, and without having her in my hand, it's, it's hard to sort of give you the exact answer. But I'd say just getting her to soften for a little longer, walking beside you before you let her go out on her little mission would be a benefit. Because we had a, a, um, a question that someone asked um, just like before about using the flag and whether it was always necessary. And you actually said, if, if the horse is working fine without it, you don't need to use it. If he feels connected, if he feels okay, then the flag isn't necessary. So there was that side yeah. to there. Yeah, so just to, yeah, in the part of the question also with what you said about the flag, um, you don't need the flag if your horse has kind of got a nice natural awareness and, 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 and is okay. Um, the fact that your horse is a little scared with the flag, I would have an inclination to use it, but I'm not saying go and use it. I'm saying I would tend to get the horse to, because if the horse is, had a bad lunging experience um i try and sort of show them that you don't have to see pressure as you used to so you don't have to do use the flag just to get the leading by lesson working and if you don't need it don't use it but the fact that your horse is a little scared of the flag and from a possible bad lunging experience or bad lunging experiences then I would think it'd be my duty and responsibility to show that when I pop a flag or I do something a little worry, worrying off your side, um, you don't need to think like you used to about it. You can think about it in a different way. So I would actually start to use the leading by lesson as an opportunity to use the flag and teach the horse to soften um, and show your horse that it doesn't have to do what it's usually does to that flag which means if i was doing that leading by lesson i would actually if i use the flag down at my leg or something like that and the horse was getting bothered thinking i'm going to chase it i would just start to walk in a way that's drawing the horse back to me and walking away a little bit while i'm leading it and showing the horse that you just follow my feel over here so i might wave the flag a little the horse will tighten up in your hand and, and, and you'll feel it pushing a little bit and then you just draw a little bit in your feet and bring it towards you and they'll soften a little and then and, and you reward it for that. So you might sort of take the pressure of the flag off and the horse will feel loose in your hand. And so you could actually use it as a as deliberately as a, as a lesson to get the horse so it can have something beside it that's worried about and go, oh, I don't need to run away from that because then you're helping it with all the other things that may arise later on in the sense of spooking from something off the side because of bad memories and stuff like that so somehow you might want to integrate it in there but use it more of a you soften up to the fear lesson and i'll take the flag away a little and just introduce it as a as not a desensitizing lesson but but getting the horse more comfortable having something worrying something that worries it beside it and still listening to that rein or that rope that you're holding 
it's always so many levels to, to think about it. It's always fascinating to hear your answers, Mark. They go so much deeper than, uh, than I ever anticipate. Thank you very much. That's all we've got time for today. And thank you to all the questions um, from everybody. You can, don't forget, you can watch plenty of Mark's training videos online. You can get them and have a look at them for free for seven days, and then it's only $15 a month. Um, okay, thanks very much. We'll see you next time. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Jen.